episode of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And as we have called it, Rose Slick. I'm warming to Rose Slick. You're warming to it. You don't yeah. like it yet. Well, no, I like that, that it, that's a thing that not a lot of housewife shows have the uh, acronym. And I do, Roni is a great acronym. And mm-hmm. I think Rose Slick is, is second to only to Roni. Yeah, it's the porny version, right? Exactly. Yeah. And after t- this week's episode, rightfully so, we'll get there. We'll get there. So just as an overview, we have a lot to cover. You know, this was a continuation. Let's not forget it was a continuation of the last episode. And they're at the Shaw Chalet finishing up their Tuesday night party where very few people have showed up. And they are still fighting about the hospital smell slash odor surgeries and amputations. You know, let's not go... Honestly, I know that they're trying to drag that fight out because it was an amazing fight. I mean, we've never had a housewife's fight about amputations, odor gland removal, (laughs) hospital smell. That's just never happened, much less never happened the first episode of a Real Housewives franchise. I know they tried to drag it out into episode, this next episode. I don't think it works. Yeah, it it just got old and done. But what we did get a sight for sore eyes was Mary Crosby's loofah outfit. Cosby. Cosby. What did I call her? Crosby. Oh, yeah, Crosby. I believe there was a Mary Crosby. She was an actress. She was Bing Crosby's daughter. Yeah. And she was on Dallas. I, You know, it's, it sounds familiar. But nonetheless, let's go back to the outfit. <laughs> so it was a, I don't know, was it Vuitton? Was it Valentino? I don't know, but I don't care. It literally looked like the shower scrubber you buy at Smith's, the green <laughs> one that you buy in the Smith's aisle. For your shower. Well, yeah, to, because to scrub yourself well, down. Yeah, you have the you have the little, you know, it has the green scrubby. Yep. And it has that little white string that you can hang up on, on your the shower. I have shower. That's the her leggings. Oh yeah. And then she had she those wearing, white leggings. White, white no, leggings. they weren't leggings, they were tights. Yeah, she white tights, tights with those black pumps. No, I don't I know. understand. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Though I think the best part of that whole fight was when Heather Gay says to Jen. It's a privilege to be in your circle. Oh my gosh, such kiss assing. Oh goodness, what, what is that happening? Yeah, for? I have I no know. idea. But by the way, they- can I just say one last thing? That party, and we'll talk just briefly about the fight between Whitney and Lisa Barlow. But the party is horrific. It was it, it, what I told you. It was a Tuesday night party. It's like I, I've never seen a party being put on by a Real Housewives in any of the different cities. That was as lame as that. I mean, Shannon Bedore had the rental house party. That was a rental housewarming party. Yeah. How about Vicki Gumvelson's many, many barbecue parties that I have made fun of? Yeah. Or the children's parties that we've had to ugh, suffer through on so many of those franchises where you're having to watch the kids in their stupid bouncy house. And like the <laughs> last Beverly Hills, remember they had the bouncy house and then they, they were all sitting on – Teddy Mellencamp was pregnant. She couldn't sit on the little low seats. But those parties – were a million times better than what we just witnessed yeah. on Rose. What in the world was Meredith wearing when it came to that big puffy pink thing? Well, that then Lisa wore again at the dinner at the ski dinner. Yeah, was that the same thing? It looked the same. It Whether looked, it was the same or not, it, it looked, looked exactly it, the same. It looked so close because it was so heinous that you remember that piece of outfit, and you're like, why would somebody rewear it? First off, I've never seen anything like that in Salt Lake. So you, I don't see how you where you'd purchase that. And then secondly, we're from 
San Francisco, which is not style capital of the world, oh, I guess. No, not at all. But it does beat Salt Lake, and you don't see anything like that in San Francisco either. Yeah, I would say that San Francisco doesn't have much style. I mean, yeah, it's pretty it's much Patagonia and, you know, some yoga pants. But well. after that, they cut to Whitney Rose approaching Lisa Barlow yeah, about okay. the tequila. This is the, the bartender fight. Yeah, so. This is another setup bullshit fight. Here, let me just say something about that. That was a setup. And while we were watching it, we commented to each other that it seemed like it was actually scripted. I think part of the problem is Whitney Rose's affect is does not seem natural yet. I'm sure she'll like I think I'm sure she'll get into being on a Real Housewives and she'll be less affected, like stilted in the way she speaks. But I did feel like even with Lisa Barlow that that was a scripted moment. I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah, it seems totally scripted. And I was during the fight, I was, there was two things that threw me off, which was Whitney's mullet haircut or mullet <laughs> hairstyle. And then mixed in with Lisa's head and face being wrapped with that mink. Was it a mink, but some kind of fur? That fur was all over her neck and face. And I, I, I was so, I kept going back and forth between the mullet and the minky thing. I couldn't really actually concentrate on the fight. I really didn't care. Okay. Do you think it was scripted? Do you think Whitney Rose was really trying to like give some feedback to Lisa regarding her business and her brand that these bartenders got, got out of hand and they broke glasses and they were drinking and they made asses of themselves? Well, just for maybe somebody who might not have watched this yet. So Whitney Rose, remember, had her vow re- re- renewal last episode. And apparently Lisa Barlow provided tequila for the vow renewal. And Lisa Barlow kept saying, I sent you enough tequila for 500 people. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, that's a lot of tequila. Uh, <laughs> what is that all about? Was it 500 shots of tequila? I don't know how much tequila would be for 500 people. Yeah. Because I could certainly drink a quarter of a bottle of tequila myself. You know, on a good day. So how <laughs> you could? Well, that's a lot. I'd be wasted, so. but I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what does matter? So I think that well, then Whitney Rose, as you said, was bringing up to Lisa nothing about the te- tequila itself. She later trashed the tequila in the after confidentials. What do you call those? Testimonials. Testimonial. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Uh, no, it's the uh, confessional. Confessional. Yeah. So, so what Whitney really said to Lisa was, "Your the bartenders you sent, and we couldn't figure out does do are those employees or the bartenders employees of Lisa Barlow? Because that seems weird. Why is she having to send bartenders? But apparently, the bartenders you sent got wasted at my Val renewal and trashed my house and broke some glasses. And they even did a flashback. There was a scene they showed the bartenders wasted yeah. with glass on the floor, which was interesting. So uh, that was obviously in preparation for the next episode, but." Then later, Lisa was like, don't trash my brand. I can't believe Whitney's trashing my brand. And Whitney no. said not one goddamn thing about her brand. No. She said, I don't want trash telling me that something's not good. Calling Call Whitney trash. trash. Yeah. 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 Which, by the way, I totally believe Lisa Barlow thinks that Whitney and Heather, Whitney's cousin, we'll talk about that. I think she does think they're both trash. And I think Lisa Barlow is Full of herself, and, and oh, that sort of came up later. And and by the way, the only true Utahns in that show, yes, are Whitney and Heather Gay. I agreed, and we just got the vote with my sister, who totally agreed with that. I mean, yeah, Mary Cosby is a true Utah. I guess she's been there almost her whole life. Yeah, that's true. But she's not in the culture the way that they're trying to make this about Mormons. And the only real Utah type of Mormons in the group are Whitney and Heather. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is there any? Am I missing any of that? Well, no. Lisa Barlow's. She's a convert. Yeah, she she converted. So she doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless. To me, it doesn't nonetheless. count. Nonetheless. But I loved, you know, because they did cut to Whitney and on her stripper pole with the little her cute. little gingy daughter. Oh, oh she's, she's so adorable. cute. She was really adorable. And I felt really a moment of just pure sadness for Whitney when she started talking. She was raised in suppression. Did you know that? She was raised in suppression and she does not like being called a swinger. Okay. We haven't gotten to the swinger part. She was apparently not raised in oppression, but rather suppression. Yeah. Suppression. Okay. So she had an opportunity. So as she was being raised in suppression, one of the examples of that is that she had an opportunity to go to Maui with some friends. High school graduation trip. High school graduation, Maui with some friends. Or a three-week church history tour. She chose the latter. So my real question about that, Amber, when I heard three-week church history tour, I'm like, what, they flew them to Illinois and then they had them push handcarts across the United States like their ancestors? What could you do for three weeks? I mean, I don't understand. It was bizarre. Yeah, but then I love the part where then she said, and then the night I came home... I drank beer with my boyfriend and, and, fooled around. and fooled around and decided, you know, maybe I don't like these rules. Remember, it was rules. just, yeah, not rules, but rolls, rolls, rolls. Maybe I'll go down to the creek, find some swingers <laughs> by the mountains. So what about, wasn't there a, a Mormon ad about it's only beer? Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that. Yeah. So when I was in high school, there was a, when Nancy Reagan was, uh, First lady, she had a, a anti drug campaign going, and we would all it, old people like us remember just say no to drugs. Well, Utah had their own local campaign, and it was about beer, and and you would see these teenagers saying on the commercials, the anti alcohol commercials, it's only beer. So I just think it's funny that like, and by the way, beer in Utah is like three percent. I think they just raise it to five percent. Yeah, yeah. But you can get drunker on Robitussin than Utah beer. So it's funny that Whitney Rose is like, I drink beer. I love the ads. I am Mormon. It's only beer. It's only beer. It's only beer. Okay, so we're still with Whitney at her house when her dad came in. <laughs> oh my God. Can what I was the that? first thing? What was the first thing out of your mouth I, when he came in? I said, Oh my God, I didn't know Liza Minnelli was on this show. <laughs> hey, what's with the wig? Seriously. What why was is he the wearing a wig? Why is he wearing a wig? And which is even more questionable is the fact that it comes out that he was in the hair business and he owned a hair salon and he owned hair product and he was a millionaire. So Before, I agree. I think you can overlook. So first off, Whitney Rose explained that her dad yeah. is a prescription d- drug addict. I thought this section was actually quite touching. Yeah. And Whitney Rose is the only one in her family who's continued to support him. And she did seem like she very much loved her dad and was supportive of him. Mm-hmm. And then it came out, he was talking about his storage unit and she was asking him what was in it. And he said all his salon stuff was in there. But I think that that is really the, the begging the question again how are you a former prominent hairstylist in Salt Lake and then have that wig on? Yeah. I don't, Is that a wig? Could it be real? I don't know. I, we don't know. It seemed like a wig. It seemed quite dark against this tone of his skin. <laughs> so my sister said it looked like it was going to eat his face. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was startling. It, like, was startling. it, 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 it really was. took you by surprise when he came in and he had a camo, he had a camo, camo jacket. jacket on, but but I he will say, he was relatively say, young too. He's sixty-three, sixties. Yeah, yeah I, I will say though, I just you know, listen. The show is 
challenging to watch. And I think that it was pretty sweet to see how much I think Whitney really, you know, does love her her dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, just talking about like partners or parents or whatever, was it just me or was, does Lisa Barlow's husband look like John Waters? Okay. But we weren't talking about partners or parent or or husband. We're talking about a parent, like an extra person on the show. Oh, I see what you're saying. Other people on the show. Yeah. Okay. So when we saw Lisa Barlow last episode. Yeah. And they were driving through uh, the fast food restaurants to pick up their breakfast. Oh, God. Do you guys remember? They went to Apparently, the- that's called Crumble, Crumble Cookies. Crumble Cookies. Yeah. It's nothing special. Yeah, well, they sister. can sponsor us. <laughs> anyway, her husband looked normal to me last episode, you guys. And then when we saw him this episode, he'd grown like a faint mustache. Uh-huh. And I said to Amber, is that John Waters? Because the guy's name is John, actually. Yeah. It looked kind of, he had very resembled yeah. John Waters. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed to be trying to be supportive of Lisa while she bitched and screamed about how Whitney Rose was trying to take down her brand because she complained about the bartenders. Oh, yeah. And he didn't know what to do. He was just like, well, you want to, what do you yeah, want me to do? Me to do, 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 do you want me to just listen? Yeah. I, was, I, I totally felt that. Actually, I did too. I, I totally like, yeah, did. I thought do you, that was, what does she want you to do? I thought I that know. was very funny. You know what? She seems nasty to me. There's something that, man, she has an edge. It doesn't seem very... You know how that a lot of times we talk about women who are not supportive of women and they take down women? Mm-hmm. Like, she reminds me of that mean girl. Also, I want to say this. I felt like the women looked better in the first episode. And I'm not sure. Could that... Could there be, like, ultra production going on in episode one? Because I actually thought that Whitney... Was quite, I remember I talked about it that I thought she was beautiful. I thought Lisa Barlow was very good looking. I thought Mar- I th- they're all they're all good looking in their own ways. Truthfully, I'm not going to say anything about anybody's looks. Yeah. But this episode, I definitely felt like Whitney didn't look as good. She looked great. Don't get me wrong, but she didn't look as good as first episode. I felt like Lisa Barlow looked a little worn. Like I I didn't think she looked near as good as the first episode. Well, I wonder because when they they went skiing. Right? Yeah, so but I'm thinking like, about the party, though. Oh, you're thinking about the party. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. But we can but, move on to the skiing. Yeah, but let's go to the skiing. So they did show the skiing, and it was... Uh, Before we go to the skiing, though, talk about uh, when when uh, Whitney, because this is the good part, and Heather, yeah. not, they went to the ski shop. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's nothing really about that, though. No, that's when Whitney started talking about the swingers. <gasps> Oh, yes. That was the swingers. Yeah, yeah. And so we asked your sister about it because we're like, wait, what's with the, g-? you know, the, the, the G it's like, and then she said, that's very pretty common. It's like when you, when the phone is ringing, it's ringing, it, it, you're going to hung up the phone. Well, that would be bad grammar though. Hung up the phone. I, really? I hung up the phone. Oh, I hung up the phone. Yeah. I hung up. the So phone. just to go back, Ring this up. is still related to Lisa Barlow because Whitney was talking at the ski shop. She was talking to Heather. Heather's her cousin. And she, and they both hate Lisa because Lisa pretended like she didn't know Heather from college. And Whitney was saying that when she offline, not on camera, was talking to Lisa Barlow, Lisa Barlow suggested to Whitney that she was going to let it be known that Whitney was a swinger. It was threat. It was a threat. It was a threat. And Whitney apparently is not a swinger. No. We didn't know what a swinger was. We had to verify with my sister that it was actually a swinger. Yeah. She said, yes, they just pronounced the G's that way. In fact, my sister said, we spelled out the word. I said, called her up and I said, I should have done it on on this video. I should have gotten it. Yeah. I said, Laura, could you please pronounce the word S-W-I-N-G-E-R? And she goes, swinger? And and we almost died laughing. (laughs) It was funny. It's important for me to say this. I actually, 
we make fun of the Utah accent. Mm-hmm. It's just because it's so prominent. Yeah. It's not because there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Other than yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, is, it, it is. It's just, you, you know, when you, when you hear somebody with a Chicago accent or a Brooklyn accent or, you know, Valley girl talk, you know, you can place them really quickly. And I think, you know, you don't expect like Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, you don't, you, you just don't, there's not a lot of people in those states, right? So you don't expect, you don't get exposed to those local or regional accents as much, I think. That's really true. And, you know, back in the day, the I think the way that the Utah accent kind of rose to prominence was Sarah Palin actually has a Utah accent. I thought, because no, she's Idaho. That's correct. Yeah. Idaho and Utah have the same accent. Ooh. So Sarah Palin has that same accent. And that's sort of what people became aware of. And they uh, thought it was Alaska. No, it's not Alaska. She grew up in Idaho and Idaho and Utah have that same accent. Got it. Got it. Yeah. One of the big complaints that we had and we will continue to have is all the shots, the exterior shots, not in Salt Lake City. And when they went ahead and filmed Lisa and Seth, no, it, Meredith. Meredith. See how we mix them up? Oh, gosh. I'm telling you guys right now, it was terrible casting. Yeah. Everybody we speak to has said they confuse Lisa Barlow and Meredith Marks. Is Marks. Yeah, Marks. They, uh, we, we all confuse them. I know, but I, I, I think it's just going to be a couple episodes. We'll get the hang of it. I don't think, I think they look a lot alike. They do. But when Meredith and Seth, so they did a they did a shot of City Creek and then immediately went to Handle. Restaurant. Restaurant, which is in Park City. Yeah, so they were trying to make us seem like make it seem like they were in Salt Lake near that City Creek area when in fact no they were back in Park City. They were back in Park City. And all the exteriors of Whitney's house and who's else that we're that's must be Draper or Provo or something something else. down south. Yeah. And then I think Heather Gay does live in Salt Lake. She might live in Holiday. We looked up Beauty Lab and Laser and Ninth it's and actually Ninth. in Ninth and Ninth area, which is a very nice area. Yeah, nice little Lake. walkable area. So she probably does live closer to that. Yeah. Area. But nonetheless, they did that shot of Handel. They're not in Salt Lake. They're up in Park City. And I swear Seth was drunk already well, by the time they sat down. So there's a big reveal. And I don't understand because it didn't. It was bizarre, you guys. So Seth says to to Meredith, he says, how many of your friends know that we're separated? That was a big reveal that they are separated. Well, remember last episode, we found out that he lives in Chicago and she lives here. And then we made a lot of fun of the fact that we don't think either of them live here, that they both live in Chicago and that that's their vacation home, which I'm sure that's now the case. Now that we know that they're separated, clearly, I think Meredith moved to the vacation home in Park City, and he's in Chicago. But the way that it was revealed was bizarre because we were like, what? What are they talking about? It wasn't like, oh, some huge moment where we're like, oh my God, they're not even together. No, it was just like, how many fr- how many of your friends have you told that we're separated? It was weird. Yeah. It was, and he was drunk. And he was, drunk. It was like, it was kind of uncomfortable. And she was trying to be really like talking about the conversation or, you know, she, her, her script, she stayed on script pretty well. But he... Just, I, it was uncomfortable to watch, you know, inebriated people trying to have this real conversation, yeah. which probably involves a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that was uncomfortable too was he kept on asking to look at her phone and he's like, you can look at my phone. And she's like, I want to look at your phone. And he's like, well, you know, so obviously she's been texting with her boyfriend on her phone, but that was uncomfortable. I felt that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. I felt bad for him. Truthfully. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I don't know. If, you, if your wife is texting somebody, let's, here, let me just put this out there. Here, you guys, if your spouse, it won't let you look at their phone, something's going on. 
I would totally agree. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's just a little piece. I don't yeah. know why people think, oh, no, you have a right to your privacy. Well, sure, you have a right to privacy. But if for some reason, I have a right that my that Amber doesn't get to just take my phone and do whatever she wants with it. But if Amber's like, hey, can I look at your phone? Because I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'd be like, sure, Amber. And yeah. if I'm not going to do that, then something's going on. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah, I totally it's agree. Bizarre. I totally agree. Um, I was surprised. Now, this is like kind of going out of order, but it did show the group going skiing up Snowbird. Mm-hmm. And Heather and Whitney and Meredith. All could ski. It, they Whitney's are, a snowboarder. Right. And if that really was them, it well, was Yeah, my sister suggested it was body doubles. I don't think so at all. Yeah. I think they are all skiers. Yeah, yeah. So, Especially Whitney and uh, uh, Heather because they made it very up. clear they grew up skiing. Yeah. They're pretty yeah. good skiers. Meredith was a good skier yeah. too. But what was really funny is when Lisa, Jen, and Mary showed up to go skiing, they are all decked out. Like we're in the best outfits and the best equipment. And they were on the tow line. They never left the baby <laughs> hill. Yeah. Amber, just going back. So I learned how to ski at Alta, which is right. You probably know. Some people might know. But it's the skiers are right above Snowbird. And they have the tow rope at Alta that I learned to ski on. And, you know, I don't, if you've ever been on a tow rope as a child, oh, yeah. you literally get dragged up the mountain <laughs> yeah, 90% of the yes. time. And if you're not being dragged up by the tow rope, like that's how they get the children up. You're like hanging on for dear life to the tow rope. Because really what you're supposed to do you're is like, let it go through your yeah, hands and yeah. kind of hold on and to you're it. you're like sideways. Yeah. And so if you then if you're not being dragged up the mountain, you're shredding your gloves <laughs> And getting rope burns, it's honestly, why do they ever teach on a tow rope? I will never know. I think we both have post-traumatic stress Stress syndrome from the freaking tow ropes. I remember I did it at Squaw Valley. Yeah. And it was just, and you fall and your skis are going somewhere. Anyway. Yep. Oh, oh my gosh. I think oh now, gosh. you know, in, in Tahoe now, they've got just a little uh, ski, the chairlifts, the mini, ski, you know, they're just chairlifts for the bunny hills. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, truth be told, if my sister and I weren't such good sports, we'd have been like, oh yeah, no, we don't really want to go back to that torture. So I don't think that's a good way to teach small children how to ski. <laughs> to teach them how to hate it. That's yes, what I think. Exactly. Oh man, man. But yeah, so, the, so Mary, Jen... And who's the other one who's on the Bunny Hill? Mary Jen or Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. They were all on yeah. the Bunny Hill. Yeah. It, yeah. That was dumb. Yeah. How could they have spent so much time there, by the way? Like, know. how long did they ski? I don't have no idea. Didn't seem like they, they skied very they long, any of them. Yeah, and they ended up at the that 74 restaurant. Yeah. And that's when the the fight continued. The Whitney-Lisa Lisa fight. Yeah. And, and Whitney kept saying, I know that Lisa strives for perfection. Or, you know, you know, the Mormons, they strive for perfection. It's just driving me fucking crazy. It kind of is me too. Yeah. It's just like, get over yourself and this perfection shit. Well, so again, I think I said it last time. My knowledge experience is that certainly Mormons strive for spiritual and, well, you know, there's so much good to say about the LDS church when it comes to community and striving to help other people. I mean, as an example, the Olympics were in, in Salt Lake, I forgot how many years ago. And it was everybody, I think it's universal that it was the best operated Olympics of modern history because the Mormons all volunteered and got their shit together. It was perfectly organized. And so there's perfection in the way they act. It's never been my understanding that they had any interest in looking perfect. But then we did talk to my sister who told us that all of the Mormon women, the ones that have money, want new boobs. 
Well, every that, last one of them. But isn't that just the society in general? I mean, yeah. don't you know women? I mean, I know women, whether you're an LDS or not. I don't I know guess, about that. But but I guess I would think that if you're devoted to a, you know, a religion that, I mean, you know. But in any event, it just seems like the, you wouldn't care about your boobs if you cared about your spiritual and emotional and community and all that. Why are you caring about your boobs? Well, don't you think really quickly, and we're getting way off topic, don't you think also... You're saying that the, the the Mormons are very, very community driven. They want to help people. And yet they are also the church that donated the most money to Prop 8 against gay marriage. So it's like they want to they want to help and be perfect so long as you fit within that mold. Well, the number one um, belief in the Mormon church, and I'm not a Mormon, but is that they believe that you need to procreate. You need to be married. You need to, so I won't go into a whole bunch of stuff, but you need to procreate. That's the most important thing that God wants you to procreate. And indeed you get, when you go to heaven, you have your family in heaven and you know, all of that. And so that's the reasoning behind them being anti-gay marriage because they don't believe gay people can't procreate, they think. And so they don't support that. So You know, I don't think that it was them being, I think it was not nice at all. I do think it was mean, but I don't think it was them trying to be mean. It was just them going, well, we don't believe in that because that doesn't allow for procreation. So, so we're going to fund it, you know, fund a massive amount of money because you don't procreate. Well, the real question I've always, you know what? Like, why, why do they care? How are we bothering you? Well, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like what, suddenly your members have the option to get married to, to people of the same sex. So they're not, they're going to suddenly become gay. There is this belief I think that people are going to choose to be gay if given the option. I promise you the opposite is true. If I could choose yeah. to be heterosexual I, without, yeah. Right. I don't want to live in suppression like I have. <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. So lastly, I want to say, by the way, I should not say that. I wouldn't choose to be heterosexual. I'm just saying that it's a lot rougher to be gay in this world. And it certainly was, I'm a 50 year old woman. So it certainly was when I was 20 years old. Yeah. I wouldn't choose to be any, I, I'm, I am who I am. I wouldn't choose to be anything but who I am. Yeah. I don't want to suggest that we want to be straight because we don't. Yeah. But how about the kind of, I think it was more towards the closing of the, the show when Heather was celebrating her employees and five of them were pregnant. That was pure Mormonism right there. Okay, so you guys. And they were all that white. Oh, that's coming up. That's coming up. We shouldn't even talk about it. No, we're ending how it's coming up. I will say this. Being the owner of a small business, if suddenly five of my employees (laughs) said they were all pregnant, I would have a breakdown. Can you imagine? I would have a breakdown. They're all going to be out of the office at the same time. I'm going to have to be paying them. I mean, all of that, I, I would... So Heather, her reaction, if that was accurate, was really good nature. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so let's wrap up pretty much what episode. Did, did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I okay. think uh, I think we hit it, hit the highlights, and we know what's coming up in the next episode. I think all in all, you know, we're now episode two. You know, what are your thought, initial thoughts? We're kind of getting into it a little bit. What are your initial thoughts? You know, I felt like the episode one was a real high point in trashy Real Housewives history. It was really, I think everybody universally agreed it was a great opening episode. Episode two was slight disappointment, although I'm hearing when you go online, everybody seems to be happy with it. I don't know. I felt like starting out with the party was a mistake. I didn't need to see that again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see what episode three brings. Yeah. I don't know. I hope it can meet some new standards or we learn some new stuff. I don't know. I'd like to learn more about Heather Gay and her life, truthfully. Yeah, no. She's actually 
seems to be because there was a real snippet of watch what happened live with Andy and she was on it and he asked her about her instant celebrity. And so I think it sounds to me like as a breakout person after the first episode that that was Heather Gay. Yeah. And I think I would, I would agree actually. I think it's probably her and Jen Shaw. Maybe I, I'm Jen Shaw is wearing on me. Right yeah, but now. Jen Shaw got in the first episode got a ton of time. I do wonder: Are they going to show Meredith's boyfriend? Like, is that actually going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I love Meredith's Meredith's son. They showed him. Oh, I know he's going to be. Week. He's coming on. He's Brooks. coming on. Brooks is Brooks is. I'm still, Brooks is famous after the first, first episode. episode. Yeah. I'm still scarred by the name Brooks. You know, Vicky Gumbelson's ex. Oh, did yeah. they get married? No, but he remember he said he had he cancer. Said he had he cancer. Didn't have he cancer didn't. He's horrible. Oh. We all hate Brooks. What's his last name? I forget. So that name is really unfortunate. Yeah, anybody who lies about yeah. medical health so issues. So we did want to make an announcement. We are going to be doing a special episode of SASCast. So everybody, I'm sure you're watching as well. Everybody's watching The Crown, the new season of The Crown. If you if you can binge the whole thing, so a lot of people watch the whole thing. But we just watched episode, I believe three. It was the Diana episode when she got married. Uh, three or four, Sarah. Okay. And we're going to break that episode down because we were so appalled yeah. by Prince Charles and Camilla and how horrific they were. And we want to talk about that. We want to talk about it. But what was impressive is how the writers produced it Oh yes. and directed it. Yes. That was actually that. pretty stunning in your face, a big... Apparently, according to Heather Gay, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, thumbs up <laughs> emoji means fuck you. I didn't know that because yeah. I do thumbs up all the oh, fucking yeah. time. Yeah, now so, I feel bad. But a big thumbs up to the uh, Royals. Th- that episode was pretty thumbs up to them. Yeah, so, so we'll talk about we're that. Talk about we're going to talk about that. We're dying to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we're talking about that. That's going to be fun. But anyway, want to thank everybody for joining us. The I think maybe three or four people, probably my mom, your sister. <laughs> Maybe a couple co-workers. But anyway, thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.